0: Welcome to Whitefield's Church podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Ah, oh, welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. It is so good. It is so good to be in God's family. I don't know what it is for me. If I feel like when I, if I do ever miss a Sunday, it's usually when I go on vacation or something like that, and. When you miss that time, you just feel so empty. You just feel something's not right. It's like, you, you know when you miss a meal, kind of? Um, and For us believers, a lot of times, right, we're busy throughout the week. We don't even have time to sit down and read the Bible sometimes. And so technically, this is your only spiritual meal for some of us. You know? so, but um, I encourage you to, you know, dig in and take the time to just worship God. Sometimes, you know, you don't even know where to begin reading or what to do. Um, If you're stressed out or you have too much going on, um, turn on some worship music and just thank Him. Or just for some people, you know, they need to go in a quiet place. If you're a guy, if you're a father, you can go and grab a rod and go fish and just ponder upon what God is doing. Amen? That's a punchline for wives to let their husbands go fishing this week if they haven't. (laughs) Uh, Any dads got spoiled this morning with breakfast? Anything? One, we got a few? Okay. All right. We have uh, Brad Snow and his family visiting with us, and their son, uh, uh, who was our drummer today. It was amazing. So, mijo, thank you, brother. It was a pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. You guys are welcome to visit any day. <laughs> they live in Fairbanks, and so we're just blessed to have him with us. And everybody that's visiting for the first time, be blessed. Be blessed. Um. So, I guess because this is Father's Day, and I'm thinking, I'm like, what kind of Father's Day message would it be without a father's joke, you know, dad joke? (laughs) Here it comes. Um, Well, this one is not, I'm going to start with not a father joke, I'm going to, it is a kind of a father joke, but it's not like a corny, too corny, but anyways, my dad told me this a while back when I was younger, and. So one time, one boy comes up to his dad, and he's like, Dad, why is it that the smart people, you know, when they think, they, they scratch their head in the front? And people that are not so smart, not so bright, you know, they, they scratch their head in the back. And uh, the dad's like, uh, I don't know. I got to think about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Still gets me. It's so good. Uh All right, guys, here comes dad jokes, a couple of them, okay. What did the police officer say to his belly button? You're under a vest. (laughs) You're under a vest. All right, this one is better. We'll, We'll just end it with this one. Why do some couples go to gym? Because they want their relationship to work out. Yeah, you're working out. It's a good thing. Work out together. Encourage each other, amen? <laughs> Last week, we had an awesome message by Pastor Mark and Matt. It was phenomenal. And I just wanted to highlight real quick about that. Um, Pastor Mark spoke about the jealous eye and how that takes your peace away. And we, he, we, used, we, used, we stayed within one story. Prior, week before that, I talked about David and how you have an upper hand when you turn to worship. And so whether, you know, you have spears flying at you, you won't be throwing them back because David's hand was on the harp, right? And Saul's was on the spear. And so when you are worshiping, when uh, you, know, you have arrows flying towards you, when you are worshiping the Lord, that is your defense. That is a weapon, amen? And so and then Pastor Mark and Matt Rosina shared. Pastor Mark talked about the jealous side that takes away the peace away. And that's what happened with Saul because King Saul you know, as he saw David getting better, he's taking it, you know, he's now defeating thousands of people, and he's rocking it, and um, it's said that, you know, Saul had a jealous eye, and he, that really got into it, and that what happens is, we allow the evil spirit to come, because immediately the evil spirit pretty much entered into him, and so a tormenting spirit, and that will destroy and take your peace away. And that's what happened with Saul. And then Mamre talked about, well, what made David so great was, and he talked about, you know, David, the importance of being that dad like Jesse, who was David's dad. And says, be, I love the phrase that you said. It was so phenomenal. Be dads like Jesse so you can have sons like David. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really amazing. Which is amazing because it just led perfectly into this Father's Day's message um, this weekend. And I wanted to share that with you. And um, I really titled it because those are the two main points I'm going to talk about. But it's Father's Order and Father's Heart. And um, I don't think there's a single father in this place who doesn't, you know, who likes this order. Where when they come home or if their garage is messy or uh, fathers like order. I think there's something instinctual about him like, God really wants, when dad comes in and if he's always tripping over the stuff and things like that, he's probably not going to be so happy. Uh, at first, it's better. I heard that as you get older, you get more grumpier. So I don't know. I'm watching out for that. I want to make sure. <laughs> You're like, where are these kids? And We left the bike in the front. Um, so, but, you know, everybody, you know, I believe all the fathers love, you know, when there's clean order and things like that. But then at the same time, you know, Father's heart is something so special. Um, you've heard, you've probably heard of some comparisons. They're saying like, "Oh, our God." We we heard, of, you know, we just played that song, "Good Good Father," and we think that a lot of times, like, "Oh, God is a good Father." But really, I like how one um, one time my dad said, "You know, God is more like a grandpa." Because grandparents are kind of like let everything fly by, like like oh don't worry about it, we'll clean it up. Like grandpas really, there's, that's a next level fatherhood. It's still a fatherhood, but it's a, it's already you're at this point where you're already seeing the fruits of your labor. You're seeing your grandchildren grow up, and I'm actually looking forward to becoming grandpa one day. Hopefully, I'll live long enough or before Jesus comes uh, to be a grandpa. I think that's something very special. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. So, um, but I've had I've had a blessed time just growing up, and I've been fortunate and blessed to have you know, several father figures in my life, and that's what I wanted to share a little bit about today. Um, one of them is my dad, obviously, and, um, and then, you know, there's a second dad that came in into my life, which is Pastor Mark. My dad's still alive. I want to make sure I did not disown my father for Pastor Mark. I would never do that. <laughs> He's not even here, but I'm going to brag about him. Which is good. Maybe it's, there's a reason. I don't even know why how he's not here today, but I think the Lord knew. <laughs> I was going to brag on Pastor Mark. And then um, later on in my life, and it's only a few years ago, but uh, Robert, folks came into my life. And I felt like I've known him all my life. And if you guys get a chance to hang out with Robert, you'll understand uh, what I'm talking about. There's just something special about that relationship. And, and I don't know. Maybe God... The reason he gave me, I feel like right now, three dads or three fathers, you know, maybe he's up to something in my life. And he wants to make sure he prepares me well. And I'm very thankful because I get some of the most amazing advice from these men in my life. And I'm very thankful for that. So several people, you know, have been around the church family, um, or around our church family, said something very nice um, that I said, there's, some, there's so much respect for men and fathers in this house. And um, I think that's one of the highest compliments anybody in church can hear. And um, I really like that we foster that environment, you know, respect for our fathers, because that's that's the most important thing into sustaining a family. And I'm going to continue on sharing that a little bit more further on here. But... I think God is really assembling, you know, a dream team within the Whitefields Church. You know, Matt, you always talk about how amazing everybody is, and everybody's coming from a, you know, different story, different background. And we have this just very unique group of guys here in this place. And uh, if you get a chance, once a month we do Carnivore, make sure you're part of that. We literally just come together and eat meat and tell stories because everybody's got a story to tell. You know, the whole theme of our uh, for this year is the power of your testimony. You know, they carry by the word of the uh, power of their testimony. Amen? Amen. Word of their testimony. So I, I really like this. You know, whenever I think about my church, I really <laughs> kind of brag about it, about my church family. And it's OK to do that. I'm not trying to be all prideful that we're better than somebody else. But I'm just very thankful for what God is assembling here. I feel like it's almost like a spec ops, you know, uh, to fulfill his mission, you know, for harvesting of the souls and people. Um, and I feel like in order for that mission to be executed, everybody needs to be in their rightful position, you know. Everybody knows that in military, like Marines or any Green Berets, there are special forces and everybody's got you know, its own specific position. And that's what happens in the families, in our lives, and everything, you know. There is order to things, amen? And we are a family-forward church. We always say family-forward, right? And I think it's so profound that we foster that, you know, environment of Father's love. Because just as we receive that love from our Father, we pass it down to other people. And people notice that. And I want to encourage us, all of us, to be different. Because it's enough that the society already beats and attacks the family. And where does it go for? It goes for the head. It goes for the fathers. And fathers are diminished. But not here, amen? We're going to change that statistics. We're going to change those numbers. Um, Because that is God's desire for us to love our fathers. And the thing is, devil knows that if he can take the father out of the family, I mean, I'm sure that any psychologist will tell you, if Lisa was here, she'd probably agree that if you take the father out of family, it damages the, like, I forgot the percentage, but they say it's like 78%. It's something so high. Um, I've read so much statistics preparing this, but I'm not going to bore you with them. But they're very, very, very scary in some sense when fathers no, are not present at homes. And so the key passage which leads me directly into is Matthew 12:29. Okay, Matthew 12:29. Look at this. It says, "Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions?" Unless he, fought, unless he first ties up the strong man, then he can plunder his house. Guys, I want you to write that message in your phones. Dads, remember it. And if you need to, print it on the wall, you know. And remember this because this is so powerful. This is so powerful. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up a strong man? Then he can plunder his house. And this will continue to make more sense as I'm going to continue. My dad had a huge influence in my life growing up. And um, he was a very hardworking man. I'm I'm the youngest out of nine children, okay? So <laughs> my dad was busy. But he, people would be always shocked. His coworkers would always be shocked. Like, how in the world, how can you, and we lived in Uzbekistan. This is a socialist country. I mean, And my dad was sole provider, you know, for the longest time. And then as older brothers grew up, they began working. Um, And he worked so hard. But his co-workers always said, how? I can't even manage my own one son. (laughs) Things like that. The common denominator, guys, obviously is our father in heaven, having God being the center of the family. Amen. And so, but I remember him coming home late. You know, going to the garden, we had a garden, and he would work in the garden exhausted past midnight. And I would remember, uh, I've said that a few times before, but I remember just hearing him worship God as he was, like, digging up, um, plowing the, you know, the garden and things like that. And he was just praising God. I heard that, I remember, and I, went, I remember looking at the time, it's like 1.30 a.m., and it's amazing. It's just because there was just such hard work ethic within him. I grew up around that, and I'm thinking, wow, like, he's so tired, exhausted, but doesn't matter. So I think I kind of grew up with that a little bit more sensitivity to other people and being appreciative of my parents because I saw the amount of work that they put in. And um, so it was, it was powerful to me that until this day, It impacts me, how I do things, how I work, and things like that. So um, I would see, like, a lot of cuts on his hands. And what he would do until this day, for some reason, when he's working in the garage with vehicles or something like that, he doesn't go upstairs to get a Band-Aid or disinfectant or anything like that. I mean, I've seen him with major gashes, and he just has duct tape or, like, the auto tape over it. And I'm like, I would come in, and I'm like, I can see, like, there's blood all over his hand, like, dried up. And his duct tape. I'm like, Dad, are you sure you don't want to take a look at that? He's like, no, I'm fine. It'll be all right. I just, I got to finish this. And, uh, but he always had a great attitude about everything, which is amazing. So, there was no off days for that. Anybody could pull up to him and say, hey, can you look at my car? Can you fix this? And uh, he always was like, yep, no problem. I want you to know, I I am talking, you know, in past tense, but he still is alive today. And he's continuing to do that. So, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell him later that I bragged about him half of the service. So. <laughs> yeah. But um, what's so amazing, despite how busy he was, he would always find time for us. And on weekends, and then he was also a pastor. Uh, he planted, you know, quite a few churches. One of the most powerful moments I remember from, you know, my life, as we're driving into this one car, we cramped, in, cramped into one car and uh, going to church service and and there was like this drunk guy standing there, like hitchhiking, and my dad just pulls right over and picks him up. <laughs> so we just like sitting on top of each other, and this guy is like so, like you know, heavily drunk. I mean, he. I mean, the car stunk. I mean, you could get literally drunk by breathing that air. It seemed like, uh, but dad was like, "Hey, you know, we gotta show him love." And he, um, he we came to church. Presence of God was so powerful. This guy comes and starts weeping, uh, you know, by the altar, gives his life to the Lord. And uh, he's one of the biggest pastors right now in Uzbekistan, you know. It's amazing. It's just, I look at those little things, you're thinking like, what a, it's not a big deal. But then, wow, how amazing, father's love. And I saw that father's love, it, it, not just to his children, anybody around him. And they actually would always call him Papa, you know, everybody, uh, even all the, some of the neighbors that were, uh, you know, people that just struggled with alcohol, continuously drunk, they would always be like, Papa, they would come in and just pour, his heart out to him, <laughs> pour their hearts out to him. And I was really moved because I saw that growing up. Now, I know that not many people have that opportunity. Not everybody grew up with fathers around. Um, but I want to touch on a couple of very important things that I think will really, really uh, help you in so many ways to understand what I'm talking about. Um, but anyways, I just, I I really love my dad and it really, you know, impacted me. One of the most coolest phrases that he said, he had a lot of good phrases, but I remember this one for some reason most, is that he said, a true believer in Christ needs to have one face. (laughs) He's like, you have one face when you go to church, you have one face going to the store, you have the same face at home. Because people are pretty, pretty good about putting up faces, you know, we're pretty good at putting up front. And if there's one thing that I saw, even when he got into disagreement with his uh, wife, uh, he was not afraid to work it out in front of us. And I've seen him apologize before to us. You know, some dads think, oh, you never apologize to your kid. Actually, those are very powerful moments. And I remember these moments. They really had a huge impact on my life. And I look, I reap these rewards right now um, in my own life. And now I'm having my own children growing up and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I really know a lot of these things because I felt like the Lord prepared me for this. <laughs> so, and then, you know, when you're a pastor, you need some of that. You really need a lot of that, actually, because you have different people. And people can be funny, but you need to love everybody, right? <laughs> you need to love all the sheep. But all that Father's influence impacted me how I'm doing day-to-day things, how I work, how I, you know, spend my time with other people, uh, just the kind of image I put out to people. And it's very important to have one face. It really is because, you know, there's people that are putting up fronts. I remember growing up and then uh, this one Russian couple, and the guy would always be opening up a door to his wife and things like that. And you're like, oh, this is so beautiful and this is so nice. And, uh, and I would always pay attention to that. And one day I see this, I mean, he's just like the way he closed the door. He was like, like he was angry. And I was like, uh oh, something's not right over there. <laughs> But the image for people was great. Everybody's like, oh, the perfect couple and things like that. And two years later, they get divorced. Um, it's sad. But Pastor Mark one time also shared about he said that there was some guy who says, well, I never argue with my wife, you know. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then, like, I think a few years later, he goes through a divorce. And I guess I'm thinking, well, I guess you should have argued, right? <laughs> should have. Because the thing is, we think we a lot of times some certain people avoid conflicts and they don't want to resolve them. But the thing is, conflicts are there because everybody has an identity and they're there to work together. That's why we work out on our marriage together, right? We, work, we make the marriage work. And so I think it's very powerful. But it, it starts out that we need to have a sincere heart, having one face before the Lord. When we come here, when we leave, anywhere we go, like, you know, Bible tells us we're like a letter that is being read by people, right? We're the salt of the earth. Amen. So, but instead of you know faking it, fake it till you make it, or are we gonna faith it till we make it. Faith it till you make it. <laughs> Matt Merzina ended up after one of my messages when I shared that one time and I said, Faith faith it till you make it. Next day I had a desk in my in my office <laughs> with with that phrase right at my desk. <laughs> it's amazing. It reminds me. I'm like, I'm not going to fake it. I'm going to faith it because that's how we do it as believers, right? Let's be different. Let's encourage, you know, the people around us, wherever we're at. Let's encourage dads. Anyways, so I got my identity from my father, and it's shaped in many ways in who I am today. Um, Some of the most powerful things, you know, I remember from my life is not from recent things, believe it or not. It's more from, like, things when I was a kid. And dad's obviously words meant so much to me. And I remember how I would always say this phrase uh, Pastor Mark told me when I was nine years old around this corner when our Russian church was leasing here. Um, and he said, You mighty man of God. I still remember that. It's amazing that children actually remember the things when you say when they're little because that's when they're really like their little sponges. Um, like, you know, there's even a the children's song, they say, Be careful, little eyes, what you see. You guys hear in the Bible school, they would have that song, What You Hear and What You Say. For the Father Up Above is Looking Down with Love. Yeah? What awesome song. But think about it fathers are the most stabilizing force on earth. And I love that because God puts the most glorious responsibility on men to lay the foundation for a strong family. And I want to get into a little bit of statistics. So, according to Lifeway Research Group, um, Father's Day, uh, Father Day is the holiday with the single lowest average church attendance. <laughs> Mother's Day is one of the most highly attended Sundays of the year, but only for that Sunday. But Whitefields is on the mission to change these statistics. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad to see all of you here. It's amazing. And we know about this. you probably heard about this. But you hear about that when you take psychology classes or anything like that. It doesn't take much. You can Google it. But uh, number one problem for kids growing up into drugs, into bad environment, you know, just bad influences is not having their fathers in their house. So when you don't have, when you take away the father, kids are, like I said, it's close to 82% failure in the family. It's, um. Because fathers don't want to, you know, is it because, you would say like, well, is it because fathers don't want to be involved in children's life? It's actually no. Um, The Calvin research group that shows um, the only reason that many fathers are not involved in their children's life is simply because they don't know that they are one. So what happens, you know, like, because in the hospitals, uh, they don't require mothers to put father's name in there. And it's a very sad thing. And a lot of these fathers, and so what happens, the mothers would uh, raise their children saying, oh, your dad left you. He was never around. But it's very powerful research, and I was like, wow. And then they said that if if they, if they these fathers knew that they were fathers, they said they have that instinct within them also. They said like 98% of them that they did the research. They said if you knew that you had a son, and they did a research, and it says 98.9% said, oh, I would absolutely be involved in my father's uh, in my son's life or my daughter's life so think about that statistic the society says like fathers have abandoned their homes it is actually absolutely false in many ways yes there are percentages of that but a lot of it's because they don't know that they're dads and so I want us to know this information and be able to share with others because it's a huge huge thing they say that even like as a, there's a mother instinct from in psychology a psychological perspective or psychological. In psychology, um, they say with, when fathers realize that they're fathers, there's something that kicks in within them. And it turns them into like that father spirit, you know, immediately. Like a father instincts kick in pretty much, just as they do for mother. So, because God has made us unique, of course. So, and so you see, I want to point out you see, God made a man in his image and he has placed father's heart within him. Uh, then from a man, it says that he made a woman, and from them, you know, both children came. And so a woman gets her identity from her husband, and children get their identity from parents. Uh, it's, it's very biblical. Um, first point I want to talk about today is about Father's order, all right? God's order. Um, and how modern-day culture, also known as Satan, <laughs> is trying to destroy it, really. In fact, devil was on the mission to destroy God's order to life from the beginning of time, from the from, uh, Garden of Eden. Yeah. You see, the devil knows that God's order is perfect. God made everything wonderful, and he's been fighting against his order ever since. If he can take the Father out, he can take out the rest of the family. Right. But how many you know? God made everything perfect, right? He made everything perfect. God created Adam and out of Adam, he created woman. He created everything around us. The world is perfect. But um, devil was on a mission, obviously, to destroy that. And it doesn't take much for us to look around us to be able to see just what's happening around us, right? About how fathers are treated, like how news are always bashing men a lot of times nowadays. It's true. Just be honest about it. But God's order is so perfect, if you think about it, just from everything, looking at your body, right, how there's so much God's order involved in creating your body. I mean, until this day, scientists are just blown away, like, how in the world is this possible? Like, when you have this and your other organ kicks in, and if you cut your finger and how it heals up, Um, then if you look into, like, science, right, atoms, you know, or periodic table, every uh, element has its own weight and mass, and there's such perfect precision, Um, And that is God's heart because God makes everything perfect. And we look at the universe, right? They say that if we were one degree closer to the sun, we would burn. And one degree away from the sun, we would freeze. So God made everything perfect. Amen? So there is position. There's order to all things. Um, I'll throw in lines a couple of things such as, you know, sex before marriage. It's out of order. Right? Driving. Your vehicle before you get your driver's license, that's out of order. It's a dangerous proposition, spending before tithing, you know. You know, people do all sorts of things that are out of order, and then they struggle because there's order into all things. In order for any song to happen, there needs to be an order to music, chord progressions, things like that, amen? So biblical order, before I continue on, so God in Christ, Christ over man, man over woman, woman over children, that is biblical. This is not my words. And when that order usually happens, you pay attention in families. When there's that order that is respected, um, you see flourishing families. And so, but when the fall of a man came, God's order was disrupted. And where did it start with? Disobedience. In Genesis, we read that how devil, all he needed to do was place a doubt in the order of God. Because god said do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil right for when you eat you will die and the devil's like is that so is that true so when he was talking to eve he obviously knew he approached Eve, and he's like was that so so he put puts a doubt into eve eve you know eats it without talking to adam saying like hey maybe we should check this on this do you think we should do this or not (laughs) you know but then she convinces him to eat it and then Next thing you know, they're kicked out of, you know, they, they're kicked out of Eden, really, because they disobeyed God. And I'm thinking, man, devil must have had a good advertisement campaign to think about it, too. Like, they had access to everything, but for some reason, it's the forbidden fruit, you know. That was just so tempting. So, anyways, I want to put out um, out there, but to say that devil has no ability to create. So, what devil does... He distorts what God made. He cannot have the ability to create. So he takes anything family. He'll take, um, like, uh, marriage, for example. He'll twist things and say that homosexuality is okay. It's normal, you know. Man and man, woman with woman. Things like that. He distorts what God made. If you look at it, through everything, right? And so, with music. You know, there's, God created the music, you know. From the beginning. And uh, that archangel, I mean... The, the main uh, Lucifer who became who became a Lucifer, Satan, he was in charge of worship in heaven before he was cast down with the uh, angels, fallen angels and so God and so from there on out after he lost a position, he does everything he can to fight the order of God, and we see that in our humanity through every little thing all the people that are around us. so we see crazy things like animals being worshipped you know all across the world. we see you know people. I don't know why, but it just kind of frustrates me. We see people like kissing their animals, and you know, <laughs> and I don't know what it is, uh, and people treating their animals like they're babies, and they're like, "You my little baby," and then when the, when you talk about children, they're like, Ugh, "Those little demons." It's really sad, but that's that's what happens. And I'm thinking, wow, what a what a twist on everything. I, it used to be where you're walking with your kid, and people are like, "Oh." You know, what a beautiful child. Nowadays, people are just rolling their eyes. The moment a kid makes a noise on an airplane, people are like, yeah. So that's the fallen world that we're born to, okay? Uh, It's what happens when things are out of order. But we see children turning on their parents. We see, you know, feministic societies attack the concept of a fatherhood. Um, And what happens with dads when they're continuously under attack? And another research that I read, too... One of the main reasons they asked, well, what happens? Why are you not involved, you know, in your child's life? And most of them just said, we're just, I don't want to fight it. I'm just, I'm tired of fighting it. There's no need for, you know, I, 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 it's not worth it. Well, I want to challenge every man today. And if you are out there and if you're going to your workplace where anywhere that you see any men struggling, I want to encourage you to fight for that position because that is a godly position that he placed you in. It's an honorable, I would say it's the most honorable position God placed you in. He wants you to walk it out. It's the greatest calling, really, because children are watching us. You know, you could succeed in everything. There's some successful business people, and they've done so much and achieved this and that, and they're miserable because their children are not around. They don't respect them. Because... Their jobs or their businesses took the priority over their children, and that is the most greatest calling in your life is being a father to your children, and when, and you know this goes to mothers as well to for both of them to be involved in children's life. And one of the ways we do that is when we put faith first. When we put our church, when we go to church, um, there's something about coming to church, and you know this is a body of Christ of believers. We get energized. I kind of say it. It's like a pep rally, really, because some people say, well, I worship from home or something. I I technically don't need to go to church. Well, I mean, see how long you last. The way I look at it is like if you're a branch, you might, you know, when you detach yourself from the vine, you might hang out for a little bit looking green, but soon enough you're weather away. And so it's very important to be connected to the body of Christ. Amen? And that's where the environment And the heart of God is continuously flowing through us. Amen? So, um, here's the point of all these statistics. Dad's impact on kids' faith uh, and practice is huge, okay? And I want to encourage you men, you know, with the words from Moses when he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 9. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on door frames of your houses and your gates. Man, I'm challenging us today as fathers to step up and really, really get involved. And the most important thing, like I said, is doing it with faith. Because when you are connected to the ultimate father, you can have that father's love that you can give to children. And it impacts the rest. It impacts the rest. It's not just your children. It, it doesn't take long, but to, to look at Robert, uh, to know he, he may never had an actual blood son, but he's the, most, he's the guy that has the most sons I've known. Anywhere I go, everybody knows him. It's like, Robert, hey. And they give him a hug because, you know, when you receive Father's love, you're able to give it. But if you're not connected to him, there's only so much that your limited resources can do. And, in fact, if you're going to go based off what, you know, the society teaches, you're going to fail as a father. So I want to turn to every father and say, hey, you have what it takes. You are, you are very important. You're called to lead. You are called to lead. And then the second part that I wanted to talk about was Father's heart, okay? Wrapping it up here. um, And Father's heart is displayed throughout all the Bible. If you think about it, how Father loves and how many times he gives chances to people, to everybody. And he gives us the chances continuously. Um, If you think about it, right, I, I think of Noah's ark. And until the very last moment, people had a chance to get saved, right? That's Father's heart doesn't matter how many times, you know, something happened, like with Samson, for example, or with David. You know, with Samson, he shouldn't have told anybody his secret about why his, you know, where he gets his strength from. But Delilah was deceiving. She got him to spill the truth. And guess what? It was used against him. But even then, God still gave him a chance, you know, to, to get back on the right track. So... Father's heart is huge, and there's something that, that God did that he placed within every man, and it's there. Even when the world tells you that it's not there, saying, oh, no, he doesn't have a father's heart. They do. They just don't know it yet. Some of them don't. Because what happens is they grew up without a father. A lot of times, or they grew up in a bad environment, or, or they were told that the father was never there, or father never existed. He never wanted to be around. I want to challenge you, If those people that had something like that said over their lives... I want you to receive a healing because a lot of times we don't know that we could be living in a lie for a lot of times. But even if there were fathers that were, you know, were missing, that were not there, that were not present, that hurt you, it's very important that you release that and you forgive your father. Because the moment you forgive your father and your mother, you will receive healing. It's a very, very important thing to do. Um, I want to read a story that is best displayed, portrayed of God's heart, and that he placed within every father— Um, Through this story, Luke chapter 15. Jesus continued. So Luke 15, verse 11 through 24. You know this story, but this is always just so powerful because it talks about just father's heart. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything there, everything, there was severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Verse 15, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to the, to feed pigs so here he has lost uh, loses it all now is feeding pigs he longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything when he came to his senses <laughs> and who knows how many you know how long it took but when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here i am starving to death i will set out and go back to my father and say to him father i have sinned against heaven and against you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son make me like one of your hired servants he's like that will do you know if i just be one of your servants so he got so he got up and went to his father so he prepared the speech in front of a mirror. And then so he went up and, you know, went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran out to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick. Bring the best robe. I just love that. He just squanders everything, right? And, just, and here he is, father running to his son after all of this. He's like, quick, bring him the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring him the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I love it. It's this story really is within every man in this place. Um, it really is because God has made you in his image. And it's very important for you to understand your value because you would think, hey, you know, I suck. I had make mistakes. And you can you can list off a lot of things that you did wrong. But God says you have what it takes. I made you in my image. And today, I want us to build up and encourage the fathers that are around us. I want us today to end with a prayer service by um, everybody surrounding dads and praying for them all around this place. We'll do this real quick. We did that for Mother's Day, and we're going to do that for fathers. Don't get weirded out about it if you're, you know, hesitant. Just let people pray for you. (laughs) It's very simple. Um, But before we do that, I want to read a poem to you guys that I've put together um, just real quick, a father never wants to see his child go astray. Every day he tries his best. Sorry. I'm thinking about my dad, you know, and I think about the dad figures in my life. And you guys know that you've had it. may perhaps you haven't had it, you know, a real father around father in heaven is the greatest father but father never wants to see his child go astray every day he tries his best to help you on the way on your way know at times you'll have to fail to learn things on your own no matter how it hurts to see his baby bird has flown protector of the youthful heart consoler of all pains a hero in the eyes of love the blood within. Man, I had no problem reading it yesterday. I was like, "How do you even think about this?" I should just not think about it as I'm reading it. <laughs> Sorry. Guys. Uh, protector of the youthful heart, consoler of all pains, a hero in the eyes of love. The blood within your veins, child. Love your father now. Give him all your praise. Our time in life is limited wisely use these days give back all he has given you this love is something rare its flow is from the lord above strength beyond compare if you grew up without a dad and this does not make sense know that you have god above his love is so immense With that, I'll just wrap it up, but um, I want to again highlight the scripture for us men to know and take a stand. On Matthew chapter 12, verse 29, I'm coming back to that. It's the key verse that I started with. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder his house. But... We won't let him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Say it with me. Not in this house. Not in in my house. house. I won't let that happen. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Just scatter around. If you're a dad, pick up your hand while you're sitting. Continue sitting. Everybody else stand up. (laughs) And just kind of get a couple of people around each dad, okay? And we're going to lift them up. In prayer, we're going to pray over them. Whatever's on your heart, guys, it's something very profound and special. Let's not miss this opportunity to bless our dads. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.